Boomskies, and we are in to another episode of the Mere Mortals Book Reviews, although this is a monthly recap one. So this is a more looser freeform one where I'm going to go over the books that I read and that uh, Juan also talked about this last month and uh, yeah, just give some additional insights into them, maybe some additional thoughts, patterns, things that I uh, might not particularly go into the actual book review itself, but um, just a recap in case you haven't seen any of them as well and want to know the highlights of what we're reading. So I'll go in the order of the ones I like the most and like the least uh, to the to the ones I like the least. And unfortunately, uh, they're all pretty much around the same area that for this month. And that also means that they weren't super good because uh, the spread wasn't uh, in the higher end. It was in the middle. So in no particular order, uh, because both of these were a six out of 10. I'll start with the portrait of a lady. So this is written by Henry James. I'd had this in my, uh, I suppose, like catalog for a while. I, I have... Um, read one of his other books before the name of it is uh passing by me at the moment i could maybe look that up while i'm talking and uh this was a book that my dad actually had uh actually in the house so for those of you who don't know i mostly read books from the library that's that's where i i get them from i don't particularly like um, buying them and <laughs> I just sort of, I have no desire to have a stack full of shelves of things. I just don't need stuff. Uh, the one that I had forgotten I'd read was called The Turn of the Screw and the Aspen Papers. So it was those two short stories combined into a book. So link is uh, available if you if you want to know about that as well. And so onto this actual book itself. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Uh, it was relatively long. It was of a... Yeah, it's sort of what I was expected from the the, the two short stories I'd read privately, uh, previously, I should say. And what really jumped out at me was just the character of, oh God, um, I can't remember his name, Ralph. Ralph, the, the sick young man who sort of was helping Isabella almost like as her guide um, throughout her life. And uh, he he just seemed like a guy who had a, a a lot of wisdom, like a fascinating character. You could see right at the start. I, I mentioned um, in the actual book review itself about how he sort of had this quote. Oh, well, there was this one particular section where he was saying to her, "You know, you you haven't seen suffering. You you'll see the ghost. You will see the um, the haunting part of this house once you have suffered a bit in your life. And you know, you don't want that. You don't. I'm I've I've seen it myself, but." It's not something you want. There, there's almost like a wisdom that comes from suffering, and I, I think that's true. I think uh, if you read something like uh, *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl, by the Gulag Archipelago, by uh, Solzhenitsyn, the, they they seem to have a deep understand, like, like a deeper understanding of the world in, in many ways. Now, it comes at a huge price because you have to endure some, un, you know, unendurable things. Essentially, you have to see family members die, you have to experience physical torture and things like that. And, and, and that was the, the main thing I, I suppose I took from this book was just seeing that. And then also just a pre, very appreciative of the, the twist ending that came. So uh, what Isabella, you, you could see it sort of building up to it, but uh, I wasn't particularly sure. It was only a couple of pages before it was announced where it clicked in my head and I was like, oh, shit. Isabella is not going to be happy about this <laughs> uh, or is it just Isabel um, in any case? Uh, yeah. So that, that was a, um, a nice book to read. Um, but once again, like it's not, 
it's, um, it's probably just not a book that I'll, I'll bring up in conversation much. I have noticed that the books that I, I rate the highest, so this is talking about things like James Hilton's Lost Horizon, The Gulag Archipelago, Men's Virtual Meaning, 1984, um, The... Uh, Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, those sorts of ones, I I bring them up relatively often when I'm, you know, if I'm going to bring up a book, it'll be one of those ones. And and this is just one where I, I, I just don't see many situations in my life where I'll talk about it. Not that books need to be brought up and it's something that needs to be in conversation and whatnot. But for me, I, I do I do enjoy having something where it's just like a fantastic idea or a narrative and I can go, yeah. If, if you're interested in this idea, this is a great book to read. So that was one there. The next one was Peril at Enhouse. So this was an Agatha Christie one. Honestly, I was reading a couple of these choices because uh, I just needed some thinner books. Uh, another one which coming up um, is was, you know, 200 pages in length. The Agatha Christie one wasn't that much more different. That was uh, 200 pages in length as well. So I just needed a couple where I could read them and, and sort of be able to do the review for them. Is that the optimal way of, of reading? No, probably not. Uh, to be honest, it probably would be better if I was sticking to more of the philosophy ones right at this moment. But sometimes you have to, uh, you know, read read some other things. I still have plenty of years of life, so I don't feel too bad about it. And I do still try and mostly stick to the classic ones. So uh, I would like to read most of the the classic books in my life. Um, it's funny how uh, Juan recently was saying in, a, in an episode that he thought that newer books were better because they, they contained the like most up-to-date stuff. And I was more the opposite end saying, uh, Older books are probably better in general because they've stood the test of time and they've had just, you know, many, many years to get discarded, but no, people still come back to them and whatnot. So in any case, Peril at Enhouse by Agatha Christie, just a fun read. Uh, I used to love watching these shows uh, on TV with my mum, And as a kid, I used to read the, uh, I think it was the Fantastic Five. I, I believe it was called Cluedo or it was it was something Clue uh, related to the board game or the the books, the board game came from the books or the books came from the board game. You know, it was um, Sir Walter in, in the green room with a knife and, you know, wearing a overcoat or something like that. Those sorts of books, they were a lot of fun. And so this was sort of a hearkening back to my childhood in a way and just just reading that and being like, oh, yeah, the, the little murder mysteries, everything comes together at the end and you're like, Jesus Christ, how did you even create this lady? Like how, how could you have these four or five different interweaving stories, manage to put them all together? And it suspends belief a little bit because you're like, man, people can't do this. The, people are terrible liars. People are... Uh, you know, if you put a little bit of pressure on them, they'll, they'll cave in and, and whatnot. So I don't feel that all of this, and of course the, the final culmination at the end, it's like, nah, people would, would be suspicious of getting into a room together like that. So uh, in any case, it was, a, it was a fun read, but once again, something that's just not going to be repeated much in my day-to-day life. The last one that I read was Don't Tell Mum I Work on the Rigs. She thinks I'm a piano player in a whorehouse. Two reasons I read this. One was a recommendation from Oscar Mary in the uh, interview I did with him. He suggested, uh, sorry, this was after the interview off off screen. So um, 
he, he suggested this was a, a book that he really enjoyed. Uh, also, it has a Australian connection in that the author was, I believe, born in Great, um, Great Britain, but moved to Australia when he was relatively young. So, we'll, we'll claim him as an Aussie. <laughs> uh, and fun reading, once again, I wasn't bored, uh, but just the, the misleading title, the misleading title of the book threw me off a bit and left left just a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth, to be honest. Just was like, ah, okay, these are fun stories, but I, I wouldn't feel comfortable repeating them again because the, you know, how true is it? Did this thing actually happen or was it a sort of fabrication or did it mostly happen and there was just a bit of embellishments? I don't know, but I, I think that was the main thing that, that threw me off a little bit with it. Um, Anything else to take from it would just be working on oil rigs. It's dangerous and it probably even with automation, like there is a lot of manual labor type stuff that goes on. It's very hard to eliminate those sorts of things. And so if you're going to work on them, be prepared for the danger and then also be uh, prepared to, to have interesting people drawn to that. I, I, that was an experience I had working in the mines where I would talk to some of the people working on the crews and you would have former accountants, lawyers, um, crab fishermen, deadbeats, um, you know, fresh out of high, well, not even finishing high school, just straight out into the mines. You'd have, you know, semi-philosophers down there, Kiwis, Russian dudes, like you just get every, it seems to just be an attractor to, to everyone, to all sorts of people. So, that part of the book, I was like, oh, yeah, I, re- I resonate with that, definitely. The last one was The Art of Learning. So, this was by Josh Waitskin. This is a, a book that Juan read. Uh, I had actually read this quite a few years ago. So, probably it was sometime in the 2017, 2018, probably more in 2017. So, about four years ago for me. And um, I thought I'd just read out the actual book review I did then because I used to write these down. And so, uh, you can get a style of maybe an example of how I used to write my book reviews. This was before I started the podcast and whatnot. And it could just be a little bit of an insight. So, uh, this is what I said. Uh, I had been eagerly anticipating this book for a while. Roosh, and so this is Roosh V. I used to get a lot of uh, book recommendations from him. Had strongly recommended it, and I had also seen mention of it in other places. It is written by Josh Waitskin, a chess prodigy who later turned his focus onto Taiji Kwan. I believe that's pronounced something like that. Uh, the martial art form of Tai Chi. The book is his account of how he achieved high levels of mastery in both these professions. If you actually check out the uh, podcast episode I did with Juan, he was saying he noticed the same thing. It was more about mastery, not particularly the art of learning. Uh, It was more about the art of learning to become a master. So, not the meta skill of learning from scratch really quickly. That being said, uh, so continue on. To be honest, I can't remember his advice on how he specifically went about his learning process. It wasn't anything mind-boggling new. I can say that at least. Essentially, he would learn the basics at an extremely high level, e.g. how to close out a king-pawn advantage in chess. And so, he would continually put a, you know, king-pawn and then a king on the other side in every conceivable position and learn to nail that one aspect down until he had gotten it. And then he could maybe introduce another piece. So, he maybe do a king rook or a king castle advantage, learn all of those. And then he would maybe be able to 
you know, add in uh, a queen king versus a king knight or something like that. So those uh, were just some interesting things there. Back to the review. He would focus on the end goal of winning and then work out the ever-increasing complexities on how to achieve it. So he always had the end goal in mind and then would be working backwards from there in the granular steps to how he would be able to achieve that. A large chunk of the book was dedicated to achieving the mindset that would allow creative inspiration and peak performance. This advice was nothing crazy new to me either. Tap into your true nature and use those quirks to reach another level. Also using distractions and malice of opponents as an additional agent to inspire is sound advice. To be honest, there was nothing crazy new in this book, but it was still a solid reminder of how to approach learning. I enjoyed his anecdotes and it tapped into the self-help psychology that has helped me in the past. A fun book, an interesting and rather quick read. I'll give it a six and a half out of 10. So that was my book review from The Art of Learning from many years ago. Um, Pretty much how I recall it. I don't think it's a book I'd ever really need to return to. I think it actually had a bit more hype than what I actually gained from it. And I actually haven't seen Juan's review yet because I'm recording this prehand. But I imagine it's sort of the same for him. I I have a feeling that this book was hyped up um, because Josh Waitzkin is a very interesting dude. And you can see him on Tim Ferriss and whatnot. And um, he is a a very cool guy. Uh, But the actual book itself wasn't hugely innovating fascinating something new uh, i was actually just lying here on the table the whole time good so those were the the four books that came out on the mere mortals book reviews for december i hope you um, enjoyed them what is some stuff that is coming up in january of 2022 well i can say that i'm reading lolita at the moment uh, i actually can't remember the author's name but it's usually for me like once i've finished the book done a review of it that author's name will stick in my uh, head forever Uh, i believe it's a russian guy but um can't can't remember for sure i do want to get onto some more philosophy again so uh, as you might have know my one of my goals for this sort of october 2021 to october 2022 is to read six decent thick philosophy books so I've got a couple of sitting there and I'll probably take another stab at one or two of those in January and maybe a couple of smaller, easier books as well, just to continually be able to produce these, these videos. I am actually trying to free up more time to, to read. So hopefully I, that won't be a driving factor as much anymore. It'll be more read the book that's really just jumping out at me at the moment or uh, something that's fascinating or, or whatever it is. So, yep, that's the the idea for what's coming up. I also want to just highlight again that this is a value for value podcast. Unfortunately, we didn't get any boostograms. That's actually incorrect. We got one, which was 103 Satoshi saying nice, which was from me because I was testing it out. So that uh, I think I actually did another one called test one as well. So, oh man, much appreciated, Kyron. Thank you. Well, that, that fascinating content right there. <laughs> Uh, but yes, if uh, one thing we, we do try and do on this channel and with the, the mere models just as a, a brand, I guess, is emphasize that this is a value-for-value value podcast, a value-for-value value brand in essence. So I can't continually create these videos and whatnot without your support as you as the, the viewer, the listener. This can come in many different ways. You can do things like share it. You can give me book recommendations. You could, um, you know, tell people about it. You could do all sorts of different things. 
Um, and then of course you can send me actual Satoshis. So you can, uh, if you're listening to this on a podcasting 2.0 app, you can uh, send Satoshis through and streaming micropayments just as a, a show of appreciation that you are enjoying the content. And you know, if it's boring and you, you turn it off, Hey, that's, that's on me. I'm not creating an interesting enough podcast. My insights aren't good enough. I'm not reading the the books that you think are fascinating or whatnot, or I'm, you know, my delivery shit or whatever it is. It's just very helpful knowing, I guess, that people, when they are watching and listening, uh, they, they are appreciating. And so it's my way of being able to continue this because one, I don't want to add in ads. I, I, I really hate ad advertising. Um, I would rather shut down the, the podcast than, than put ads in. Uh, and I also believe that the podcast should be available any, anytime, any place for anywhere, uh, for anyone, anywhere. And so I don't want to put up a paywall. I don't want to use Patreon. I don't want to add extra things in. I, I want everything that I have to be available free for everyone. But I also am trusting on the generosity of, of you as the individual. Did you enjoy the show? Hey, how much did you think it was? Was it worth um, $10 sent through $10. Was it worth one cent? Hey, I would, I will gladly appreciate one cent as well. And then the boostergram part, which is the, you know, you being able to interact with the show as well. So sending a boostergram in saying, Hey, I enjoyed this portion. This was cool. This comment, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, those are just my, my recommendations. How can you do those? Go to newpodcastapps.com. Some ones that I really like, uh, I already mentioned Oscar Mary. So let's just stick with Fountain FM. That one's a pretty decent app. That's my favorite at the moment. It's the one that I use at the moment, uh, the most, and it's just a, a very pleasant experience. It's, it's introducing the, the new stuff as well. So the chapter art, another draw to use these apps is, you know, I'm putting up chapter art all the time. So you're seeing the, the things that I was talking about in this, you're seeing my funny, crappy Photoshop impressions being placed, uh, plastered on the screen. There's actual timestamps and chapters as well. So you can skip forward and backward. There's just a lot of fun, new, interesting things. And that's another draw to come into the podcasting 2.0 world. So other than that, I do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.